We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast brought to you by by Price Picks. I am James Ham, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me, Box 40, Sean Cunningham. Sean, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Quite well indeed, James. Although I'm a little lonely. We should be lonely. Where's our friend Brendan? Where's our pal Brendan? Yeah, there's only two of us today. Uh, Brendan is moving. Um, what? Where's he going? I, I think the joy of, uh, of being my age or Sean's age is that you don't pick up and move every six months or 12 months anymore. And that's just not the case for someone like Brendan, who's a young man who tends to move quite often. Rather nomadic. Uh, I don't miss those days, man. You remember those days? Like, were you like moving from one spot to the next? Or did you never have that time? No, I didn't really get that. I, I, I picked a place, a plot, and I, I stayed there, grew roots. Um, I, I didn't bounce around a lot. It was fortunate that way. So, um, yeah, uh, hopefully he's not going too far because we did the Kings finally do it to him. Did they just make, he's like, I'm out. I'm out. This is, this is too tough. I'm leaving down. No, I think he moved from like Natomas to Roseville. Like oh, he's one of those. He, he's joining the, the Serb- suburbanites in Roseville. Uh, yeah. Like when I was young, I, might have moved like seven or eight times like that's kind of what you do when you're young and you, you have an apartment or you're renting a house and someone wants to sell the house you know whatever all kinds of things happen um i, I certainly i've been here we were talking about this before i think i've been here eight and a half years at my current house um and before that like four years at a rental house here in the lake mm-hmm. uh, but i don't miss moving and i don't think i ever want to move again sean like if i if, get it I like come out of this house in like a, uh, like in a body bag, that would be okay with me. Like uh, at some that... point, like in the very distant future, like, you know, I think I got, I got 40 years in me. I think I could string this out to 40. It's a good so, number. 
Yeah. Some some people don't want to go. You don't you don't need to go past that, right? Like that's a sometimes you get into the really old age and that's the decrepit age and well, it's being pretty dark to to start this uh Kings Beat podcast, but <laughs> just these morbid thoughts about <laughs> I don't know how we got here, Sean. How did we get either. here? Brennan yeah. moved. So Brennan's he not moved. here today. His his internet isn't set up yet. Uh, he's working on it. Uh, but today was bad. Uh, you know who else had a bad day, Sean? Uh, the Sacramento um, Kings. Well, yesterday. Today was probably a pretty good day. Do you they think so? Their own bed. They woke up in their own beds, saw their families. Yeah, you know, maybe got some some rest and relaxation and some rehab in and some cardio, perhaps, and then looked at last night's uh, game film, and that certainly brought you down. But I could just see, like, again, like Harrison Barnes getting up. You know, you got the little one there, you got the wife there, and and getting up. And I, I don't think Harrison is someone who strikes me at, that drinks coffee. I'm thinking he probably like brewed himself a yerba mate and was What's like that? that's like a, a green leaf tea that's oh like, yeah, yeah i like that. yeah right so but it's the bitter one that you mix with yeah, honey and then sure. was like sitting there ready to like relax and his wife came in Brittany, and said what the hell happened last night what well, who do you think <laughs> was most likely to like wake up wipe the sleep out of their eyes and on their way to the restroom slammed their little toe into the wall <laughs> As if think things are going that bad, you know what I mean? Like, and here it is going bad again at, at home. I think like like twenty eight people collectively, like everyone that traveled oh. to Houston, like all of them, like somehow stubbed a toe. That's I don't know, it just felt like that kind of day, right? Uh, so that's what we're here to talk about today. The uh, Sacramento Kings just laid an egg over the weekend, uh, and then again on Monday. Uh, losing two straight to the Houston Rockets in really, really poor fashion. And there's going to be, a, like, we got a lot to, like, dig into here, Sean. Do but it. It, was, it was pretty ugly. So let's start with this. If you're watching on YouTube and you don't mind, give us a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Give us a rating and review if you're listening somewhere on a podcast. Jump on board with the King's Beat uh, go to thekingsbeat.com and, and become a premium subscriber so you get invited to things like the Off the Record with the Kings Beat virtual happy hours or the Off the Record with the Kings Beat in-person happy hour, which is being formulated still, but is is still on the horizon. Um, I don't believe you. Uh, you don't believe We just discussed this before we got on here, Sean. I'm working <laughs> on it. You know I'm working on it. I'm working yeah. on it. I'm a busy man. I, I'm You yeah. know, between like three jobs... And having a wife and two children, uh, well, one of them is a college student, so I don't think I can call him a child anymore. Uh, but like, I, I got a lot going on, man. I get um, it. You I get, get it. it. You get it. <clears throat> so again, if you're a restauranteer out there or someone who owns a business or has a friend who owns a restaurant or a brewery or something and would like to house uh, off the record with the King's Bead Virtual Happy Hour, uh, reach out to me. Uh, you can find contact information in the description below. Or go to jameshamnba at gmail.com and send me an email and we can have a discussion. Uh, let's get to the business at hand, though. Uh, Sean, I think watching the game on Saturday, uh, it just looked lackluster. It looked like a team that was missing their best player. It looked like a team that was missing their leader. And they fell flat. And you kind of had like 
a little bit of a built-in excuse that you're playing a team that you probably should beat and you just didn't look right. And part of that was because, you know, you had these these issues that like De'Aaron Fox is out and we still don't know if he'll be uh, available to play on Wednesday. Sean and I were checking the the injury report. But that first game, it felt like, okay, this doesn't feel good. Something's wrong. Something's off. But, you know, Fox isn't there. And then we get to Monday. And <laughs> well, hold on. Before you, yeah, after yeah. Saturday, you're kind of, you're going, oh, that's just one of 82, right? Like, do you have exactly these built in schedule games where, you know, things just don't go your way? Uh, and I'm curious before we really dive into this, like at the end of this podcast, well, uh, you know, and I, I, I think I wonder how people think a lot of times how I am of whether I'm pessimistic or optimistic. I feel like I'm a pretty optimistic person, but more of a realist. But I do wonder if this podcast will be therapeutic or not. So that's what we have to examine in final thoughts at the end of our podcast today. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I mean, like to counter that, I, I would say that I'm a I'm a realist. But I'm also I I'm on the the positive side of things where I think you're more on like we I think we both have a realistic point of view, right. but we're on different spectrums. I, I think you are more of a half empty and I'm more of a half full oh, person. See that hurts my soul. I don't. No, it's okay. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> that doesn't right. hurt your soul. No, it's okay. No, but I but but it's funny because I would think a lot. I think there's probably a lot of people that would agree with that. Um, that it just hurts to hear. <laughs> anyway, no, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> you did. I'm gonna take a moment. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. So like you have that Saturday moment, and they, you know, it would have been a season low a year before. 89 points the the mm. lowest that they had last year was was 95 they did it twice they only had four games that they haven't reached 100 points so you're talking about looking like a team that you know had this had that had that never once really thought okay well looking at the pace sure like that that's certainly a factor there's some things that are a little concerning but to me i'm thinking it's the one of 82 you're gonna have a long film session typically especially with good teams they go in and they they recalibrate and let's not forget they were coming off a game where they gave a hell of an effort against the warriors right they did uh, but they had three days to think about it for that sure that game was on wednesday sure. so you had thursday you had friday and then the games on saturday yeah and, and and traveling to houston in its first of two straight in houston and i, I fully expected and i think mike brown did too that 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 team was going to come out vastly different um on monday uh you know recalibrated uh more inspired play and they went the other way, man. Like it, it was, they scored more points than they did on, on Saturday, but managed to fall behind 40 points and, and look absolutely dreadful at times. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah. I, I got to ask this question. Do you think that because we've been so preconditioned to losing and dysfunction and, you know, 16 years of just, you know, malpractice, on an NBA court by so many different people yeah. that we feel these games a little bit more, even as people who cover the team, you're like, Oh, I've seen that game. That's, that's the game before Luke Walton gets fired or, Oh, that's the game before they replace Ty Corbin or that's the game before, you know, that's the game that Dave Yeager has at the end of, of that one season where uh, he, he didn't come back to next year. Because that's, I kind of feel like sometimes we get caught up in it and it's like, it's, 
an emotional roller coaster to watch a team go through these things. But we're so preconditioned to, oh, great, here we go again, that that kind of felt like one of those games where, man, I like I went on the radio today and I was harsh. I was hard. I, my quick six quick thoughts. I, my first line was, where's the pride? Like, well, I, I because that's what I felt like coming out of that game on Monday. Like that was a a prideless performance. Like, where are so, you? Stand up. Go ahead. So unpack, uh, unpacking that just a bit, like, no, um, I, I don't think like certainly those those instances, the Ty Corbin, the Dave Yeager, the, the Luke Walton, those games, you can certainly identify when they happened. I don't mm -hmm. think we've seen anything like that yet. So I think that that's, you know, it, it's just it's it's you, it, you have to be negative. You have to call it out because if you're not calling it out, you're not doing your job. I agree. Um, you, I mean, look, I don't think, you know, like with, with, with respect to the, the team that you cover, um, if, if not then, then when, you know, you, you can't just, you can't just bottle it up. I mean, look, Mike Brown's not going in there, you know, going to his team and, and, and patting him on the ass and saying, I'll get him next time. Like, no, there's some legit concern there. And, uh, mm -hmm. they didn't practice today. So, uh, well, they'll 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 play against when on wednesday we'll see what that looks like but um they i'm sure they got together as a team sometimes you know maybe getting away from each other is probably the best thing uh but yeah they were they're going to be honest with each other and hold people accountable um so that i mean you have to do the same I, I will say though like there are things that you're seeing that are factoring in but before we really deep dive into all the gruesome you know violence of this team right now you can look at a two and four record and through six games, that's exactly what they started off last year with. And to kind of give it the rose colored glasses, they finished third in the West, right? So they're now in the position that they didn't want to be, which is having to dig themselves out of a hole. Um, they wanted to start off a lot better, obviously, and they just haven't. Um, so yeah, I would hope, and I'll just hand it back to you here. I would hope that there's some serious soul searching after two games, it's not quite an overreaction, but there's behaviors that have been that have been uh, illustrated in the past three games for a team that is that has a, a lot of talent on their team and another all star that's playing to where you should be able to stomach. And this was the big question we had. How are they going to be endure? how will they endure a loss of Deer and Fox, who has really become quite valuable? How will they? endure this this loss of fox no matter how long it is and i think there was curiosity as to how they would do that the one thing i didn't think we would see is a team absolutely running in mud a team that absolutely changes their identity um from again like i don't mike brown talked about it last night i agree i don't think they've lost their identity i think there is some soul searching that needs to go on and i think there is a recalibration but no matter how much they have to work on defense and physicality and all that and he's talked about how they're you know you had a a record-setting pace and a record-setting uh points offensive per, all rating stuff. yeah uh to have to go from that and carry that into an exit there will be a little bit of slippage likely uh, you know replicating that could be very difficult but like it or not and i've said it a million times your identity and where your bread is buttered is being a high paced efficient offensive team and they have not looked like that once in the three games that they've played without Deer and Fox. Yeah. Okay. So I think the identity thing is the biggest issue, right? Like 
you can't take one player off a team and lose your identity, especially, I guess, like if you take Michael Jordan off the mid nineties bulls, which is what happened. Sure. You lose your identity, but this team isn't built around one superstar. It's not built around two superstars. It's built around two all-star two all NBA players. It's not built around just one player that is going to carry all of the weight of everything all season long. So to watch a team so quickly lose what has become like clearly their identity is the offensive pace, the offensive movement, the shooting, the, you know, just what we've seen from them, the fluidity, fluidity that we've seen from them to lose that because one player is gone and like Sean, th- here's the crazy, like the stats behind this collapse are like startling. They're startling. Like the Kings were at, they were fourth in the league in pace through the first two games, three games again, small sample size, but 104 points, uh, 104 possessions per 100 possession, right? Whatever that, uh, whatever the pace is, what it's they're at 104, right? In pace. To lose that and drop in in the the next three games, they're averaging a 95 pace to go from number four in the league to dead last in their last three games in pace to 95. Their pace on Monday was 89. Like that is like mid 90s New York Knicks. Like, right? Like Charlie, Charlie Ward running sideways up and down the court. That's what that like feeding Patrick Ewing and watching him dribble the ball eight times as he's backing someone down. That's what that pace is to see them go from like this high powered offense to nothing. And, you know, I, I think when, when we're watching, I don't know what that was, but um, when we're watching something happen like this so quickly, it's really alarming to see because I don't blame Davion Mitchell. Like he's the guy who's going to shoulder the blame because he's the guy who stepped into De'Aaron Fox's spot, right? But who do you blame? And how do you like place blame? Because like there's an accountability issue that comes with not pushing the tempo at all. And it's an accountability with all five guys on the court. But it's also an accountability with the coaching staff. Because if this is what's happening, if you're watching your team literally look like they're they're playing in mud, like I got to see something different. Right. And that means like Mike, Mike Brown is so quick to call a defensive, a a timeout because of a defensive error. Like where's your timeout? Because your team stopped moving your team on the offensive side of the ball. stopped doing a basic tenet of who you are as a franchise. And to me, that was like, it was startling to watch and like really jarring to just watch a team that, that can't perform. That's what I I mean, honestly, well, and I think I think you're on. I mean, look, in terms of who you blame, I think that's what's the concerning part is that there is no one person to blame because you're terrible in in basically all aspects of the game. Um, you know, Jason Anderson of the B is on this trip, and after um, it was kind of similar into the question I asked when we were in San Francisco, because, you know, we talked about it in the last podcast, Mike took a long time to come out and address the media. And you could tell that that loss to the Warriors bothered them. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, there's certainly things to pick apart there, but there were things that they did well. And <clears throat> my question, mainly because of the time that it took for him to get there and he didn't open with an, op- he didn't have an opening statement as he normally does, um, was curious. We hadn't really seen that before from him. We've seen it from other coaches for sure, but mm-hmm. you could tell he was pissed. And that's why I said, what bothered you most uh, the next day? Um, what bothered you most after reviewing film uh, about about that game? And cooler heads prevailed, and he basically went through a laundry list of things that they did well, um, which was fine. That's how he, you know, kind of processed things to the point of where they are now. I mean, you're talking about his post game conference last night, where he says that the spirit, the team's spirit, got deflated, and there was nobody to bring it back up. That's not that, okay. That that points to your coach saying, "Hey, there's a lack of leadership here." And, th- and there was a there was an image um, uh, that that struck me because you know I don't want to say that this is uh, a person to blame. It's certainly one person to blame. You know, I, I, the last podcast I'm saying, Demonis Sabonis, where are you? Like, score the ball. You, you know, I think this team relies on a lot of threes. That's obvious. So there is a a huge finger to be pointed at the at the coaching staff for for having to figure it out and i I think mike is up for that challenge i think he he talked about facing adversity and how to claw your way out especially when you're 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 one of your all-stars isn't there but demonis sabonis was a huge cog in the in the success of this team last year by virtue of him being an all-star and not being an injury replacement all-star and being in in an all-nba world you know him and fox were clearly above and beyond and we just haven't really seen that from him especially in with the lot with the absence of fox and that to me is very concerning but there was an image that struck me last night before he went knee to knee which you know i'm curious to see what the injury report looks like for wednesday's game because that could be an issue um but him standing there at near midcourt with Mike Brown and they had a long, long conversation and he went back into the game and he had some conversations Domas that is with, with other members of the, of his team. And that's to me, not knowing what the, what the conversation was like, I'm pretty sure you could guess. And that's healthy. That's, that's the lasting image to me where you've got some figuring out to do. I'm not saying that it's a, Hey, have a players only meeting and all that kind of stuff, but there is no one person to blame. There's a lot to go around. And to me, that demonstrated leadership. That was your all-star getting up there and going, all right, let we got to, this isn't working. Right. And it's tough to, to hear from Keon Ellis after the game, who certainly gets credit him, Kessler Edwards, a lot of those guys that came off the bench, Mike, Mike pointed out that they, they played quote unquote Kings basketball more looking like he's like, this is a team. This is a squad that, has no minutes of playing together and they went out there and played the right way. Certainly. And you get it, but they also went out there and played a bit against a bunch of nothings on the, on the Houston Rockets bench as well. So um, not taking away what they did, but I didn't want to hear from Keon Ellis last night as, as nice as he was. And he played, you know, if I had been in Houston, I would have been talking to other people um, because this yeah, loss is not I, on he Keon Ellis. 15 points. I mean, exactly. that's why you, you put Keon Ellis out there because he had a nice moment. Yeah. Okay. The, the, you needed Demona, you needed Demonis Sabonis. You needed guys like Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, Keegan Murray to a degree, just because of how big of a role he plays on this team. 
these guys are missing shots. These guys are running in mud. These guys, and a big part of it, I know we've talked so much about the offensive side of things, but Mike's big takeaway from that last game, Mike Brown, that is, is the reaching. And clearly, you know, teams that are working on defense and working on physicality tend to reach. They're fouling. He's not concerned so much about the fouling, but I think it's becoming a problem. Like these teams are getting a lot of points at the free throw line and it's taking them out of rhythm. And then when you when your pace is what it is, it's you're letting, you know, teams kind of keep keep up with you and they're playing into the way that they'd like to play as opposed to the way you want to play. So, uh, yeah, the fouling is definitely an issue. And when you're poor shooting and the one thing I think that they haven't really done, James, if you want to call this a little victory, is they haven't really turned the ball over a ton, which is no kind of speaks to maybe the lack of ball movement. I mean, Mike kind of called it out a little bit saying he, he wanted to see some more ball movement and the ball zip around a little bit more. I think that's been, you know, okay. It could be certainly better, but um, especially when things are starting to, to go on, the other team starts to go on the, one of those runs. So Sean, one of the things that stuck out to me when I, I looked at Mike Brown and he starts talking and, you know, of course he's frustrated. Everyone's frustrated. He starts talking about, you know, like his team being deflated and, you know, like I, th- I thought it was an honest moment. He said he had to be better. He got, he got his butt kicked. His team got his butt kicked, but it starts with him. He got his butt kicked. I don't disagree. Um, Like, like your team wasn't ready to step on the court, whatever the problem was, they weren't ready on Saturday. We saw that they weren't ready. They got kicked in the teeth right away. You get to, to Monday, same exact thing. Same group of players just got kicked in the teeth and you're sitting there like, what is happening? But my problem that he walks out and the first thing he starts talking about is he knew that, you know, they were in trouble when like there are five or six of these, uh, these very specific defensive plays where their players like ran into a certain area and, and got the ball and it was over, right? Like they're going to score right there. Like, he's like, I've never been part of a, a team where, like, we give up five or six of those in a game. That, that just doesn't happen. His focus was so much on the defensive end. And it wasn't anything on the offensive end. And to be honest with you, their problems on the offensive end. Their defense isn't great. Like, sure. But before last night's game, it was 14th. Okay, you'll take that. 14th, like offense, a defensive rating was number 14. Like, but to watch them not be able to play offense anymore, that has to be super concerning because we know they made a fundamental change. Whatever that structural change that they made, you can see it. You can see that something's wrong that was there last year that is not there this year. There's no spacing. The ball movement is way different. The screens that are being set are way different. Teams are pushing the Kings out past the three-point line. And, and then, you know, poor Kevin Herter is getting a DHO 28 feet away from the rim and having to turn and fire because they're out of the time on the shot clock. And that's because you got a, a point guard who's taken 17 seconds to clear the midcourt line and doesn't even pass the ball to his big man until 13 seconds are on the clock. And by that point, he's, he's waiting for the ball and pushed all the way out to the top of the key. And then next thing you know, Kevin Herter or Malik Monk are turning around like, Hey, I've got no time to work with. What is going on? And then they're firing away from 27 feet. So you might be getting an open three-point look, but it's from four feet behind the line. And so there are all of these things that are happening. And like 
to me, whatever you did on the offensive end, whatever the tinker, tinkering you did, it's not working. It's not. And you can try to stay the course if you want, but like fundamentally something's off. And I remember last year at the beginning of the season, I, I kept telling you guys and I kept telling D'Lo and Casey when I would go on, like, look, this offense is going to be incredible because right now they're just missing open shots. Like I could, you could see the open shots that they were missing. Once they stop hitting, they, I mean, once they start hitting the open shots, they're going to go from number 10 to like number to a top five offense without any question, because it was just about shot making. This isn't about shot making. This is about fundamentally there's something flawed with what you're doing. And in that, every team in the league, like I, the, the idea of playing defense without fouling of being physical, that whole physicality thing. I just watched a team do it. It was the Houston Rockets. That's, that's what Mike Brown wants. I get what he wants. Like, do they have some pieces that might be a little bit better defensively than the Kings? Sure. But Alperin Shengun is not a defensive stalwart at all. So that's my biggest concern right now. It's that like the focus just keeps being like, we got to fix this defense. Well, uh, you got to fix the, the best offense in the league is broken. And I don't know how you fix it, but you can't lose your offensive identity because De'Aaron Fox isn't there. They sh- the game should still look the same. You just don't have a guy who can go get you 30. Now everybody else has to step up and do something different. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, there's look, you can have focus on both. And and like Mike said, like you can have uh, you can you can tumble down from being the top rated offensive team, but you don't go to the dead last, you know, you, when you, no. when you're missing Fox, you, 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 you should be able, if you fall out of the top 10, maybe uh, I, I still don't see that. But to me, that's where this team is at their best. You know, you hope that you can bring your defense up for certain, but that's not going to come at the expense of your offense, uh, which is, you know, running teams out of the gym. And for whatever reason, they're just not doing it. Now, granted, you look at the quality of shots. I don't know how many times you go back and watch games, but I agree with you that you have the moments where you look up and it's an oh shit moment where you just got to hoist something and get something up. But I think the quality of shot is actually had been pretty fine for the most part. They're not hitting. And I think that's part of the problem is the sense that, oh, it's going to come around. And I know, you know, the old adage shooters shoot, but to me as a, as a, when you look at the coaching staff and you start to get a, get a lot of analyzing into what you do, recognize that you've got Demonis Sabonis down there, that he can get you a bucket, recognize that, you know, you have two point field goals that are available to you and you can be able to get to the free throw line and you can play a sloppy game if necessary. Like you have that personnel, but run, run the ball. How, you know, your fast break points are just awful. Are, are, they're, they're like non-existent i think as mike said like 11 from four yeah certainly that's that's progress but that's not good enough and and to me i don't see how this team sustains success playing this way um oh no maybe i'm no. wrong there but i mean again don't want to overreact it's it's a it's a small sample size here but i think you've seen enough in these three games without De'Aaron fox to know that that this can't be the way you play and it no. shouldn't be the way you play. And 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 as Mike alluded to last night, like short of Fox and Sabonis, who have the longer leashes, and obviously you're not bringing them off the floor, 
changes can be made. I, to me, I, I, I go back and forth with this because I don't think, while I do think that there's depth, I don't think that there's much you can do uh, to, to mess with someone's confidence and, and make wholesale changes because frankly, I just, you're, you've got more talented players in front of some of these other guys. Uh, and, and you can see them working. I mean, you had Jordan Ford in there in the first quarter. We're not talking about, you know, a last possession, uh, you know, Scrub 30 time. seconds on the clock. You're talking about like with three minutes on the clock uh, or over two minutes at least uh, to bring him in to close out that quarter. So you can see him tinker in there. Um, but how do you sustain, how do you sustain success playing this way? I just don't think you can. No, I don't think you can either. And you know, the thing is too, like coming into the game on Monday, the Kings were 14th in offensive rating. They're 14th in defensive rating. They're 15th in net rating of 0.9 uh, difference, right? So I, I was actually, I'm okay with that because you understand that there's a lot of room for growth on the offensive end. But I also was concerned because if you're 14th in defensive rating that and you're really good at defensive rebounding, which they are. They're they're in the top, well, coming into yesterday, they were like a top six or seven team in defensive rebounding. Where's the transition buckets? You're getting the stops. But if you're not pushing the pace, you're getting a stop. And for some reason, you're allowing the defense to set up almost every single possession. Like you're slowing the game down so much. And first of all, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like not like slowing the game down. And and again, I'd I'd point out like if Davion Mitchell is one, if, if you want to single him out and say it's Davion Mitchell, like Davion Mitchell is not slow. He's just not De'Aaron Fox. Like he knows how to run. He can get well, up and down the it. court. He looked he looked brilliant in the preseason. He was pushing the pace in a great way. It looked like it was top priority for him to move. Um, but that's but where is me, it now? Where like well, and it's not just him. Like, no. Like that's the part where it's, it, 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 I, we, and again, we haven't really had the opportunity to speak to the team when, since they've been in Houston. But yes, that's true. I can't imagine that anyone has been told, Hey, we're going to slow this down with no, with Fox off the floor. Like that, that's not something that they're, that they want to do. It's almost like someone pulled the e-brake and no one was paying attention and well, like, Hey, somebody pulled the e-brake and we've been driving for the last 40 miles with the e-brake on burning through our gas and our brakes. Like what's happening here. So I, I want to point out a couple other things too. Um, By the way, just, okay, before you do. Yeah. The Rockets, they're also, the Rockets aren't the Rockets from last year. Like, like I don't want people to look at like, oh, you've lost it. Like I have no problem with them losing the Rockets. It's the way it, it's the way those two games looked. I mean, being down 40 after a clunker of a game on Saturday, um, running in mud, as you've shown, I mean, we yeah. kind of illustrated the, the, the shot selection, the, the, the shot, obviously they're not making shots these are things that we're talking about with respect to what the Rockets did because the Rockets came in and beat you. And that's not the Rockets from last year. Like this is, they've added obviously Dylan Brooks, who's had a nice start to the season and you know, they've got Fred Van Vliet and they, they have some talent there. And, and we talked about in the last podcast, their, their starters play really well. It's the, they don't really have much of a bench. Um, so respect to them because uh, I, I, I think a lot of people will look at what we're saying. and say, all oh, you should never lose to the Rockets. If you aspire to be an upper echelon team, that happens. It happens. It, it's the it way does, but losing it, losing him the yeah. way you lost and losing to him twice in a, in a 72 hour window and one looking bad and the other look, looking just absolutely filthy, horrible, but a more like, competitive, if you had a more competitive game looking more like you 
you you're supposed to look sure you can stomach that yeah if you got beat on a buzzer beater or or you lost by three and you had a couple of turnovers and it was like you could say okay that's where they would have they could have really used De'Aaron Fox like there's there's no way for fourth quarter Fox to make up 30 points. You go into the fourth down 30 or 35, or whatever it was. Um, a couple of things I want to point out, Sean. First of all, Demonis Sabonis got absolutely destroyed by Alperin Shengun, which that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you've been asking for him to shoot the ball more. He finished with eight points. He finished with eight rebounds. He finished with five assists. He took four shots. He took four on the shots. Night. Three of four. What are you doing? I, I don't understand what happened there. And, you know, again, we could talk about other things like the free throw shooting battle. Like it, it looks, you know, they it's 21 of 27 for the Rockets and uh, 11 of 20 for the Kings. Um, yeah, that's really it doesn't tell the story because Sabonis went to the line three times. You got Herter and Harrison Barnes, a total of three. You got Chris Duarte at four. And then none of your that's it. Your rotational players went to the line 10 times. So it's not like it would have been different. There was an equaling of the of the free throw shooting a little bit with guys like JaVale or guys like Kessler Edwards or Colby Jones getting uh, Keon Ellis getting free throws late. So there's no aggressiveness going to the basket. Uh, we talk about Harrison Barnes all the time, uh, how you know some nights he's great and other nights you're like, where did Harrison Barnes go? In a game where you needed your two your two leaders to step up, Demonis Sabonis and Harrison Barnes. <clears throat> Harrison Barnes in 22 minutes goes one of six from the field. He scores three points. He has one assist and zero rebounds. Like Sean, like that's a problem. It's a problem yep. where like the accountability has to start somewhere. And it should start with those two being the ones that are saying, Hey, this is not what's going to happen. And they're on the court and combined for 10 shots. Like what in the world? How did, how does it, happened that you lose 23 and a half shots per game from De'Aaron Fox. And we see Harrison Barnes and Demonis Sabonis take a step backwards. <laughs> I mean, 81 shots taken as a team and Domas took four. It's basically as if the Kings played four on five and De'Aaron, the, the ghost of De'Aaron Fox was, wasn't able to put up any shots because this team basically was around 104 shots per, per, uh, per 48 and you take out those 23 shots and there it is. So you just basically played without him and didn't have anyone step up and replace his minutes at all. Pretty yeah. wild. No, pretty wild, pretty wild indeed. And, and again, it's, it's uh, I've always wanted him to be a little more selfish. I mean, you, he's got so much of a, of an advantage down low. I mean, the four turnovers don't bother me so much, especially without Fox, but how do you not be, how do you, how are you not aggressive on the offensive end? How do you not look for yours? How do you not um, try to put that team on your back? Um, part of it too, is I think there was a bit of a wilt factor in the sense that once this team, I mean, the ultimate kick to the crotch was seeing Fred Van Vliet knock the, knock the buzzer beater down going into halftime, you're down 23. And then you go down 40 at one point in that second half. I mean, there, there was a, enormous let up there was like a a collective sigh of like well we're done and i think that's the the deflating of the spirit as mike brown alluded to so that i think that happened before i I understand what you're saying i mean it's it's almost like this samaki walker three from years ago where 
the Kings were up in the 2002 Western Conference Finals in, in a game uh, huge at the half. And Samaki Walker shoots a three after the buzzer, but they didn't have they didn't review it and they gave it to him. And then all of a sudden the Kings just laid an egg in the second half. But I would point to the fact that Malik Monk came in the game, who's usually your boost of energy, who usually yeah. changes the tempo, quickly picked up three fouls and looked like nearly disengaged completely. Played 15 minutes. That that doesn't happen very often from him. No, like I, I you know, you brought up uh, Mike Brown turned to Colby Jones in the in the first quarter, trying to get some sort some sort of like energy, and the the Rockets did what they should have done. They attacked him as a ball handler, and it was a mess. And so they pulled Colby Jones to the side because he's making mistakes, and they put in Jordan Ford. They're searching for energy. It wasn't searching right. for a different player. It was searching for anyone who had some sort of juice. And like, that's not a disrespect on Jordan for like, but good for him. He came out. He did play hard. He got his first baskets in the second half, Um, you know, but like you shouldn't be searching and asking for your two way players in, in a game, six games into a season to step up and be something to help you get over the hump. Houston's a heck of a place to visit. (laughs) So I don't know. He's spending too long in Houston. There could be some extracurriculars. I don't know. They look like a team that went through some extracurriculars. So on a um, Sunday, well, that's all right. On a Monday. Well, I mean, well, yeah, Sunday the night before. Sure. Houston's a metropolitan, a huge metropolitan metropolis. You don't have to. They're not shutting down on a Sunday. That's wild. Uh, you know, I just feel like we're watching a very, very different club right now. Um, yeah. I guess we're done like beating him up here. How do they get out of this, Sean? Um, well, you see, I don't think it's as qu- as simple as you put deer and Fox back in the game. You know, fortunately, again, usually it takes one game. You have a clunker and you, you respond the right way. I, if I'm the trailblazers, I'm going, damn it. <laughs> because now you've had two straight, you're going to, the Kings are back on their home floor. And I think they're going to really feed off that energy. I think they're going to bring it. Um, I think they'll respond the right way because that's the way good teams do. It's just, you know, I can't imagine seeing characteristics that we've seen over the past three day, three games in terms of the pace uh, and in terms of just looking like a team that, that has had their spirit deflated. You know, I think there's going to be a, a rally the troops moment, recalibrate as should have been done on on Saturday and on Sunday, really. Uh, and, uh, you know, they'll go out and play Kings basketball, but Hmm. hopefully it's, hopefully it's not more concerned than that because, uh, again, two and four, this is where you were last year. You've lost only two teams, you know, the Warriors and the Rockets. So, uh, it's interesting to start off one and three on their, well, no one and four now on their, on their, on the road, they've been shown the penchant to be a good road team. So, um, yeah, is it one of one and three, one and three on the road. One and three, yes. Two me. two home games. Well, um, no, four because Utah, Golden State, two in Houston. One oh. and four. Yeah. No, no, Gotta no. Remember the, they played no, well and they they're one and oh, three. Oh, you're right. Though. One and three. One and three. Yeah, one and three. That's four games. Um, what do you what are you expecting from the Kings game against Portland on Wednesday night? I mean, for me, I'm hoping that that they like get right and, and find their rhythm, but this is a another team like Houston that they have talent, they're young, they make mistakes. They'll keep you in a ball game. Um, but like 
this can't be who the Kings are uh, like moving forward. At least like if it is, uh, this seems this season's going to be a, a really, really ugly like spin out. And like, we're going to start like gauging how who's getting traded first and stuff like that. But like what you don't want to do here is lose to a Portland team. That's not very good. Uh, right. Because you got OKC followed by Cleveland, followed by a trip to LA, like right around the corner. And then that trip to LA starts a six game road trip. Yeah. I mean, if you're the Blazers, you're coming in here for a team that, you know, isn't very good. And you're looking at a, you know, a, a Kings team that isn't very good defensively. You are looking your chops in a way like Malcolm Brogdon's probably thinking he's gonna go out for 30 in that game. Um, and he, and he could very well do that, but, uh, no, I mean, uh, you need to come in and bury the. You got to bury him. You know you can't take any opponent lightly in this in this league. And I think that's a lot of what was some of the success that the Kings had last year. But you conversely, you can't come in here and think you have schedule wins that you're just like, well, we got this one. It's in the bag. And that's one of the things I was had pointed out. Like you don't look at your opposition when you try to play the schedule that way and and kind of mess with the game and say we can we as a team can the kings can afford to oh you just sit fox out it's only the trailblazers you know what i mean or it's only the rockets no you don't you don't you get your guy right um and you don't want him out too long and you, you don't have those schedule games so uh i like i said i expect the kings come out way different looking way different than than uh, what they've looked like over the past two games for sure if you have an effort that's a little bit more like what happened in the warriors game maybe but yeah, I got to see that ball zip. I got to see them run, uh, bury a team. Like, you have to do that. And I think they're, my laundry's done. I don't know if you heard that. I did. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I mean, you 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 have to – you absolutely have to to bury that team and uh, at least look more like yourself. And I don't know that one one night can do that, but Demonis Sabonis going up against DeAndre Ayton, I mean, that's that'll be interesting to see how Domas bounces back. See if any one of these guys who's been struggling to shoot, like Keegan Murray, needs a boost of confidence in the worst way. I think Kevin Herter, um, who's been kind of under the microscope quite a bit for his struggles, is you know kind of looking a little bit more like himself, but everyone around him uh, just doesn't. So um, seeing so seeing one of those guys see that shot fall a little bit would be great. And then if you can keep the fouls down, uh, you know the, these reaching fouls uh, are problematic for them. Um, so, okay. But if it can start, I mean, if it can start on the offensive end to, to kind of get back to that identity that they've, they may not be wanted. They may not want to be known by it, but it's true. That's what they are. They are this fast, fast paced team. That's efficient. Um, that I think that'll go a long way for, to, to be, and, and, you know, another thing is that, yeah, if Fox plays or not, I don't care if Fox plays or not, like he, they have to get back to Kings basketball. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a big deal. Um, all right, so we've crushed the Kings for the last, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. Um, Who didn't we hit? Should we hit somebody else? You know, we can hit we can hit me, Sean. How about that? <laughs> okay. uh, because James has decided to, as part of this season's uh, Kings Beat podcast, um, we're doing prize picks, right? Yeah, we are. And uh, like, to be honest, I, I, love, I love prize picks. It's a lot of fun. Um, it adds an element to watching a game that's just totally different. A couple of things I totally dig about prize picks. Number one, they uh, you can choose different sports. So like if you're sitting there on a Sunday uh, and there's a Kings game, but there's also a 49ers game and you're like, hey, I think Nick Bosa will have more than like 1.5 sacks 
but I also think that uh, Keegan Murray's going to hit more than three three pointers. You can start looking at different types of projections, and I, I think it's cool. Um, I am really bad at it, uh, and it's something that I have to own that I am a horrible, horrible, horrible prize pick player. Uh, but I, I think it is fun, and so uh, jump on board with prize picks if if you like this type of thing. Uh, there's a, a link down below in the description uh, that is a specific link for us here at uh, the King's Beat. Sean, I, I well, I hear you're doing people a service because really all they have to do you share your picks, which I think is really uh, brave. I don't think you should. Um, pick it's embarrassing that involves the Sacramento Kings because it, maybe maybe that's what you have to. <laughs> to 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 switch things up a little bit but i like that you share them because if i'm seeing that i'm going oh would you look at that let me go in the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> i i am i've become the poster child for what not to do yeah. so uh here's here's my selections for for saturday i mean for oh. for monday's game i had uh demonis sabonis i i i believed he was going to have more than 0.5 block shots and it's because Shingun is a ground-based guy. Uh, they have a couple other ground-based guys, and I thought Sabonis would at least get one block. Uh, I was wrong. Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I also looked at Harrison Barnes and thought, okay, this is a game where he's going to step up. He averages like 4.2 three-point attempts per game, and the the number of three-point attempts on priced picks was 4.5. I thought, okay, look, He's going to step up. He's going to take more than 4.5 attempts. Like, I'm not saying makes. I'm saying just attempts. What do you think happened, Sean? Well, I think he took that one. think he went under. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't come close. He he had less. Uh, I liked Keegan Murray uh, to score, to combine. Uh, this is points, rebounds, and assists. Was set at 23 and a half. He's been around six boards a game. He's picking up two assists per game. That means I need like 14, 15, 16 points. No big deal. Keegan Murray was ready for get right game after a miserable game against Jabari Smith Jr. on Saturday. You know, this is a third pick against a fourth pick. Um, Sean, that didn't happen. Yeah, foolish boy you are. Yeah, no, he. I, I think he finished... Uh, what did he finish with as far as let me I have this pulled up um, right here. Uh, Keegan Murray had 12 points. He had five rebounds. He had one assist. So he finished with 18. So James takes the L um, Malik Monk. I had him at four and a half assists. Uh, Malik Monk with De'Aaron Fox out of action has been spectacular with the assist. He finishes with two. And then just because every once in a while I need to go less because I like to go more, which uh, our friend Brett Huff makes him fun of me all the time. I had Alperin Shengun uh, doing less, less than um, I think it's 32 and a half. Yeah, that didn't happen on points, rebounds and assists. So uh, he had a whopping, 17 points, 12 rebounds. That's 29. Uh, no, 12 assists. That's 29. He finished with 37. Um, when picking your players, use James Ham as your North Star, and you might find some success. Oh for 5. Oh for 5, Sean. That's impressive. Going O for anything is really tough to do. It, you know, 
it's almost like I intentionally chose l losing uh, selections. Like it's we almost used to, like... we when I was in radio, we used to with Jim Cosimore, we used to do the perfect four, and if you would pick uh, whatever winners, no, 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 you know, just just straight winners, right? Yep. And when you pick your winners, you know, typically people three and one, two and you know, whatever, two and two. When you backdoor four, zero oh and four, like that was impressive. You should get a prize for that. <laughs> it's like when you go to Bunko, and you you're the ultimate loser. There's always like a, a booby prize for the loser of losers. That's tough. Um, yeah, if you're the person who always comes in second to last place, you really are the loser of the night. Yeah, so brutal. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, even at uh, uh, on ESPN thirteen twenty, Kyle and I do. <laughs> mad props which are of course kyle madsen uh we play off of the last name and he chooses two random things from the weekend right and we figure like i think this weekend um we we had he, he does a really good job of this so uh josh jacobs rushing yards versus king's first half uh, point total on Saturday, okay. right? So, or I think he had because the Raiders were playing and the the Niners were off. So we had like Max Crosby sacks versus Keegan Murray made three pointers, um, and we choose which one we think would would win. And the first week I was a perfect six and zero. Oh, this last week, absolutely thumped, just not good at all. I, I think I. The one I threw in was Aiden O'Connell turnovers versus uh, Harrison Barnes three-point makes. And uh, I, I missed that one as well. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, you're doing the people a service. Just just do what opposite James does, and you'll, you'll find some success. It's opposite day. It's opposite day. Every time James makes selections. Um, okay, Sean, what do you think? De'Aaron Fox back or no on Wednesday? I'm going to lean no. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm going to lean no. Uh, and, and you know what? Part of it, and maybe this is reading too much into it, part of it is because seeing the video of him kind of uh, warm up a bit before um, yes, last night's game on Monday in Houston, not a lot of lift in the, in the shot. Um, obviously, he's just kind of horsing around, but um, it doesn't look like he's – really going through it it kind of looked a little bit just a gradual step better than what we saw last thursday when he's just standing under the hoop just elevating on his tippy toes to shoot from under the under the basket um and then shoot some free throws so based off of that video i saw that and was like boy i don't i mean barring some sort of contact today and see how it responds then maybe but yeah I, um hopefully i'm wrong but i i wouldn't bet on him uh, being there on uh, on Wednesday. On he Wednesday. would not be in my picks. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what do you think? How long is he going to be till we see Trey Lyles? Well, he's someone who hasn't totally been ruled out yet either. So he he he's someone that uh, would obviously hope to go through practice. I don't know that he had any contact when he was in Houston. So he didn't um, go on the trip. Oh, that's right. Sorry. No, no, I it's okay. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe he was able to work out with the G League team in town. Who knows? I mean, they're going through their camp. They were they had their preseason 
game on Sunday, and then uh, they tip off their season on the tenth. So three days from now, as we record this. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't probably bet on that either. I think you know it'd be nice to see both of them back, maybe for that uh, Friday in-season tournament debut of Sacramento Kings. We'll see mm. what that court looks like, huh? Is it going to look mm. better than the picture? Or are you going to probably I don't really not, care? Huh? I, I, like, I don't I don't really care about jerseys and I don't really care about courts. That's something that other right. people like are always concerned with. And it's just for me, it's not something I am concerned with. Um, you know, like I, I'm OK with whatever when it comes to that. I do like that. It's a uh, 100 percent. I mean, it. I mean, my goodness, you look at it. It's so noticeable, you know, having something as to be able to distinguish when you're in the in-season tournament because i think fans are going to need those little reminders and having a court that'll certainly do the trick i do think it's interesting that the team has a home court they have a city court and they have a a third court now which is in-season tournament court which there's only what four in-season tournament games two of which are at home and two that are on the road right in the preliminary rounds yeah. So that seems like a lot of expense for a court that you're going to have to you're changing for next season anyways. Right. Well, you're it's... not you're not flipping the bill, buddy. Like, these no, are... <laughs> I'm not. No, There's a lot true. of money in this thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, there is a lot. I guess I guess that's the point. Um, I also goes, isn't this expensive. <laughs> yeah. I also like I kind of I felt like that opening night. I don't know about you, but it really did feel like that it was a little amped up that there were a lot of teams like the games were closer. Like it was a good battle night. Like we had the, the warriors with the, the absolutely bizarre ruling where Draymond oh. green fully touched the rim while the ball was above the rim. And they called it a, uh, not a goaltend, which I thought was totally bizarre. Like it doesn't matter if he touches balls. It, like that's the rule that I've always, like you're not allowed yeah. to touch the rim. Um, and then someone else threw something in that maybe Josh Giddy had touched the net, but that's not what they called that night. They no. they just said and that it, it didn't impact, and I'm like, okay, that's weird. And the last two minute report said the same thing. Um, it also didn't it didn't pick up that uh, Draymond Green took like 42 steps uh, against <laughs> he the got Kings. the happy feet. He did it was like he, this, like like he's out there like Tap doing danced. the penguin walk the whole time. Yeah. Like, how do you not say that that was a travel in a two minute report? Did you just miss that? I I, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure what's going on with a two minute report this year, but it doesn't seem to to be very accurate. Uh, <laughs> just just saying. Or, um, or our or our understanding of the rules have has vastly disintegrated. It has a couple years. It's very possible we just forgot about all the rules. The game uh, they, has just moved to another level for us. <laughs> traveling is okay. Now you are allowed to take 17 steps as long as it's done with the intention of winning a ball game uh, and beating the Sacramento Kings. So it's okay if you're if you're just beating the Kings. It's okay. Um and then like I was going to say like I kind of want them to do like World Series of Poker style. Like if if you have the players, if the players aren't fully engaged, if the game isn't like, I think I want to amp up the stakes and I want them to pull out like $500,000 stacks of cash for each player and have a table sitting there with like, like, a I don't know what it would be. Bracelet. You like seven, 
$7.5 million sitting there in stacks of cash. Like every game, you just bring a table and you set it out there. Like, this is what you're playing for, boys. Let's go. Right. I don't right. know. Okay. Uh, Sean, let's get to the business of basketball. Got time. Uh, the business of basketball. I, I think it's a good idea what you said in the beginning. Was this a therapy session or did we just like like throw like gasoline on a fire? Uh, well, that's what I'm interested in finding out from the YouTube comments for sure. And, and uh, you know, see, we'll, we'll find out. I, I would guess that this was somewhat therapeutic in, in the sense that it's good to get things off your chest. And if any fans are out there watching a game and going, how are you losing to the Houston Rockets, you know, twice in Houston, whatever, and you're looking like a totally different team, you know, I think one of the worst things to be told as a fan is that, oh, it's early. You know, when you hear anybody come up with an excuse and always say, well, it's early, it's early. I, like, I've always tried to steer away from that because just because it's early doesn't mean your ticket prices are cheaper. <laughs> you know, I mean, certainly ticket prices in the playoffs, you know, depending on how you get them or can be a little bit more pricey. And but they're outrageous know. right now for the regular season, man. I know my yeah. son got some lower bowl tickets the other day and for the OKC game coming up. And it was, a, I think, 108 bucks a piece. And that was because he had to be there for the in-season tournament debut. Is that why? No, because one of his no. buddies that that lives out here and stays with us sometimes is from uh he's from Texas, but he chose the Thunder as his team at some point. Uh so he's a big Thunder fan. So they're going to uh to watch. Maybe Thunder they'll get buddies. in a fight like in the middle, in the middle of the game, because my son is not a Thunder fan. Uh, that'd be fun. He's a little guy. Uh, <laughs> they will not be thunder buddies for life um that's okay but uh yeah i mean i, I don't know i i feel like i feel like this has been therapeutic and, and i think you know some people have need harsh truth to look in the mirror and go they got to be better and every one of those kings players coaches staff everybody it, it, by the way if you if you follow vivek ronadive on instagram uh he's leaving some interesting videos every single day i think uh he has the right mindset uh for his today was was pretty good he was clashing he was wearing puma and uh nike i noticed but um he, uh, <laughs> he but yes uh he, he says oh we're a little bit of a tough spell and you know he, he kind of had a little story that made him feel better i don't know if it'll make anyone else feel better but yeah hopefully things like this are therapeutic back on your home floor got to protect home floor and uh yeah should Did be fun did he tell a story about how one time he coached his daughter's basketball team? No, no, no that's not what he said. That one. I'm okay. sure you can find that one though. It's probably in the, uh, it's hidden there in his, in the, in the timeline. All right. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Okay. So as far as what I think, like, I don't know if we were therapeutic. I, and I think that <laughs> you don't feel at better the, at the end of this. I feel like I was more negative than you were. See, and that was my point. I always feel like, and and look, <laughs> you you coming at me had no bearing on how I was going to. I heard Sean's feelings. I'm a glass half empty. I better show him. <laughs> Take that, James. Shake my fist at you. Uh, no, I I I feel that uh, I think we're both realists. I do feel um, that that Kings fans can can handle the truth. I mean, they're used to they're not used to success, so of course they can handle the truth. Um, no, uh, I think the expectations, though, expectations oh, yes. are, are are fighting. That's expectations are hurting everyone right now. Like this team should be better than they are. There's no question. 
I mean, I, I like honestly, I you, if you would have told me that they would start the season two and four, um, like I would have thought, oh man, like really, you you lost to Utah on opening night and then you split with the Rockets, or yeah, I mean, or you, I would have thought you you lost to Utah, you lost to the the Warriors. I would have thought you started zero and four and then picked up two wins in Houston. That's what I would have thought. Like, much like so, last year. And that, yeah. that's the interesting part. Like I, I want people to ask themselves, and I think I know the answer, which feels worse to start to last year or this year? Like I get it. This year is going to be the one that stings the most because you have De'Aaron Fox that's hurt. Trey Lyles is hurt. Uh, and, and you're coming off a season of success. But, and you're not looking like the team that you were last year. You know, it was, it's that out of character. So I get it. Most people are going to say that, but at the end of the day, you're still two and four. Um, it's not the end of the world. All right. And, and, and to look at it, you know, I, I know it's, no one should look at the standings before January, but if you happen to gaze at the standings and see how things are kind of shaken out already. Um, I think one of the concerning things aside from really Memphis is you don't really see a lot of last year's good teams below the, 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 the play in tournament. So just yeah, kind of I, I mean, kind of worth noting. Phoenix is struggling a bit. Uh, the Lakers are struggling a bit. Like there are some teams that are down there, but you know, uh, Dallas is playing much better than expected. Didn't uh, see that coming. Minnesota's turning it on. Uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of things that are positive that are happening for some of the other teams um, outside the playing tournament. Spurs, Blazers, Kings, Jazz, Grizzlies. Grizzlies mm. at one at one and six. Oh, the Grizzlies are abysmal. But your separation in games, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's not that far. Well, yeah, the Kings are one way went away from being the nine seed, so it's it's not that bad. And and you know, <laughs> here we are like trying to make people pick their spirits up. Yeah, <laughs> this is we we're doing what the Kings didn't do. We see deflated spirits, and we're trying to inflate them again. There we are. Everything is awesome. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I right, Sean. James. Sean, do you have any final thoughts to this this here podcast? Uh, yeah. Don't drive off a cliff. Um, you know, tune says to drive a cat. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's still. Uh, I think there's still a lot of reasons to be optimistic for sure for the season. Um, again, I also think. I mean, what do we say at the beginning of the season? Like, you can have less wins and fall down the the playoff standings a bit, and still be able to you know, sustain some playoff success, certainly not the way that they're playing. So I don't think they can do much worse there. Um, so there's, there's optimism in my mind, but outside of basketball, well, not really. I think it's, it's, it's cool that I think that I saw that San Francisco got the all-star game. I know it's not San Francisco or Sacramento who's going to get it uh, as they probably should. And I know it always has to do with the lack of four and five star hotels in this, in this region. Um, but it is nice to see that it's going to be in San Francisco and not some like, you know, place like Utah or Indiana, Indiana. Um, be nice to see how the Bay area collectively comes out for that and see, you know, I mean, Bay area is going to have a lot. They got the super bowl coming up. They're going to have a you know world cup game. I mean, that's, mm. that's big for them. So seeing this in 2025, the NBA all-star game in San Francisco, and then shout out to the Republic, man. Like that was brutal. If for anyone who is, I'm not a soccer fan, but this is my kind of soccer, a game that can't end in a tie. 
And that's when you kept my attention. And they were in the Western Conference Finals, scored the early goal, and then they give up the last two, the equalizer and then the deciding goal, all in about 11 minutes and one coming in extra time. That is, that's a tough one, man. That is really tough. It was horrible to watch. I feel like I may yeah. have jinxed them. Uh, I did reach out to Scott Moak and say, hey, can we get you on the show if they win? And he's like, oh, I'm not even answering that question. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my bad. Like, I, you know, like we, we want you to talk soccer and we're put, you know, we're trying to get you on the show. We're trying to get your your team some pub uh, because they should have done it anyway. You should have done it anyway. Win or lose. Anyway. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will have him on this week. Uh, I'll reach out again. You should um, talk to Mark Briggs. That dude is a ton of fun to talk to. Uh, first of all, if you don't like, I mean, just listening to that, I could listen to him read the yellow pages and be entertained. He's got a great voice. Um, needs to, he needs to like do audiobooks because that guy is, 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 a, is, is really fun to listen to, but, uh, what a guy to talk to. I think he breaks down the game in a great way, especially for someone like me, who's not a soccer fan. Um, I could talk to him all day. I think you should talk to him. He's great. I've, uh, I was on, it was me and D'Lo and Sarah Hodges. Uh, we had him on the show the day that, uh, that they signed the 13 year old, uh, yeah. Davion. I can't remember his last name. I forget his last name. Oh, yeah. Kimbrough. 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 I believe. Yeah. Um, so we had him on that day. And that was really entertaining. And it was really, really intriguing because I asked him, like, what style of player is he? You know, like, for people who watch, like, high-end soccer, is he, you know, we, we know he's a striker, but is he a, a Ronaldo-type striker? Is he a Messi-type striker? And, like, it, it was an entertaining conversation. Like he, 13 he, uh, years old. And, and then I looked, because I, I was looking up their um, their roster. They have a couple of 16-year-olds. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you look at their roster and you're like, huh, that kid looks like he's he's got like acne still like he can't be that old. And you click, you're like, yeah, he's 16 years old. What's he doing on the pro team? Like, good for you. Yeah, it's funny. They've got they've got some young kids on there. Um, yeah, they like the future is bright for Sac Republic. I'm, I'm bummed because it would have been they would have had the hosted the championship this weekend on Sunday. So that would have been fun. Um, okay, final thoughts from me. Number one, uh, we're missing our, our dude, Brendan. Uh, he'll be back. Uh, we'll probably have a pod on Thursday. Uh, we're back to two pods a week. That's the way it goes. Uh, number two, uh, go to the link and get yourself uh, hooked up with prize picks. Super fun. We're having a great time doing it. Uh, I keep losing, but it is what it is. Um, you know, such is life. I, I keep losing uh, my fun, price though. picks. I do. I do have fun. And it makes me like throw things at the TV on occasion, but, um, or at the, uh, at the, the game, like at the arena, know. gotta have it hitting the table. Gotta have it. No, I, that's <laughs> never about price picks. The gotta have it is never about price picks. It, <laughs> that's always like, Oh, gotta have it. Like, Oh, that's a big shot right there. Nope. And it's funny. I, I can, like you've sat with me long enough you know i can tell you whether a shot's going in or not like almost like every single time like from the start of the game till the end i'm like nope yep oh that's going in nope 
Um, it's just fortunately like, you don't though, because that would be fucking annoying. That I do it the whole game. You, I don't, you hear, don't that hear me. Part. I just hear the hear gotta have it. <laughs> if I if I hear you, just go nope, yep, nope. stop that. <laughs> fortunately, I don't hear. Now that. he's gonna hear me, and he's gonna I be know. like, Son of, you do do it all. I do it all game long. I do it all game long. Uh, awesome. Um, outside of that, let me see. Uh, make sure to follow all of Sean's work. Uh, go. What is uh, Sean? Is it? Uh, oh, it's what right there. It? At Sean Cunningham on on the X or on Twitter. Uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter. Um, Sean make sure dot to... Cunningham. Sean dot Cunningham on the Insta or Threads. Oh, on the Insta or Threads. You have? Uh, yeah, I can't get back into. Th- I'll try to do Threads again, but I don't know. It feels like you're just. It feels like no one's there um, at times. Feels but... like a really poor, like, like Twitter on in like 2009. That's what it feels like. Like well, there's so not that many off. people there, but there's also like it's not built out right yet. So like there's some clunkiness to it, and it's like a bad like it's like, like if you play like a really good video game, and then someone's hey let's play the old Atari games. You're like. Oh, I forgot how bad these games were. That's what it feels like. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then let's see. Uh, drop by and see me and Kyle on the Insiders uh, Monday through be? Friday from ten to noon. Just no, like on the live stream, oh, or okay. or drop by and see us. Uh, uh, like like flip over to fifteen uh, to thirteen twenty, uh, ESPN thirteen twenty, and give us a listen. We're having a good time. Uh, we're building chemistry. Everything's going really well. We're having a spectacular time there. And uh, our friends over at Jiffy, Jiffy Lube, every Kings game, we give away a $100 gift certificate. And so that's pretty amazing. Um, and we got some crazy things going on uh, next month as well, in the month of December for the Christmas holiday. So uh, jump on board with us over uh, at ESPN 1320, The Insiders. Um, cool. Sean, we done? I think we're done. I think we I think we ran it into the ground. I think we did. All right. Uh, well, that's going to do Draymond it. Green get kicked in the nuts. That was uh, kind of entertaining. Oh yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I love that. I love that people, you know, make a collage of all his like moments and then go, "Oh, isn't it ironic? He finally got hit." And, you know, it's, I don't root for that for anybody, but that looked like it hurt. Um. Yeah. That was good. You remember story. what? Uh, <laughs> you remember in uh, Kingpin where he's like, "You must have a really wide foot because you got both of them." Or or last year was it last year when Stephen Adams after he got hit and he's walking off the floor, but before he did, he counted to four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to take inventory. Was that a, that was against the Kings? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I think it was. I think Fox got him. I think I can't remember who it was again. It was or it was Monk. He took it was a like knee, a, yeah. It was a small guy going in for a lamp. Oh, no, no. I think it was Keegan. That's Might who been, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just remember him stuff. counting to four and John Morant losing his... Uh, he started laughing about it. We had this moment on The Insiders where I literally like, like gave a speech about how we don't touch other people's privates after Dylan Brooks got hit with like the $50,000 fine. Um, and now Kyle has clipped it, and every time I say something ridiculous, he plays it. Yeah, that's a good radio bit. Always anything taken out of context, just play that randomly. Yes, we do that's not touch other people's privates. There it is. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of 
the King's Beat podcast brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, thanks for joining us on this journey. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a rating and review. Jump on board with the King's Beat. Go to thekingsbeat.com. Become a premium subscriber. So for Fox 40, Sean Cunningham, I am James Ham, Kings Inside for ESPN 1320 and the King's Beat. See you later in the week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.